for listening to Hope Central's latest message. You can learn more about Hope Central or find more messages at hopecentral.org.au. going to mention I'm a little sleep deprived. Um, I remember at Bible college when they talked about, uh, we did a class called preaching skills and they said one of the things that's great to do is build rapport with uh, your audience or the congregation and, you know, let, you know, let, let them get to know you a little bit and I thought, and, and relate to them. And so if you're a parent in this room, I can relate to you right now. My sweet little Felix woke about five times and by about 5am when Matt brought him into our bed after I'd been up numerous times, there was uh, something that we wanted to yell very badly, both Matt and I, that's enough, <laughs> that's enough and I'm sure all of you can relate to moments in your life when you've just wanted, you've just, you have even cried out, that's enough. Um, I, yes, my boys are four and a half, three and one and a half. So this is said many times. That's enough food. That's enough TV. That's enough fighting. That's enough running around. That's enough noise. Please, that's enough. <laughs> and this idea of enough, you know, is we're surrounded by it. It might not be kids that you're crying this out, but so often we can be like, enough. And I want to talk about this word enough today. So I thought, you know, it's always good to go to the dictionary meaning of a word and often it can lend itself to, you know, some really cool revelation. Anyway, enough really is, means as much or as many as required. So how do we know when we've had enough of something? How do we know how much we, requ- we require or how much we need? How do we have this sense of if we're still empty, if we're full, if we're more than full, if we've had too much, how do we know? Uh, many years ago, I was reading up, just really wanting to get healthy and look after my body and lose some weight and get fit and such. And I don't know how factually correct I'm going to be, so please don't judge me. But I was learning a little about sugar and how when you eat sugar particularly if it's not combined with lots of other good fibres and things like in fruit, when you eat sugar, your body doesn't really recognise it. And when it goes to your stomach, it doesn't trigger that sense of being full. So if any of you are like me, you can eat a piece of chocolate and it tastes great and you can eat another one and you can eat another one and another one and before you know it, you've eaten the whole block And you feel a little bit sick. Now at some point along that journey of eating that block of chocolate, there would have been a point where you didn't need any more. In fact, it was probably after like the first piece or two. But there's something about your body that doesn't recognise it properly and so you keep eating and you keep eating. Now, the thing that's interesting is one of the reasons that this happens is because your body was not made for copious amounts of sugar. That might be revelation to some of you right now. 
And don't worry, I still forget that. Your body was not made for copious amounts of sugar, and so it does not recognize it. So what was your spirit made for? Was your spirit made to be filled with the things of this world? And have you ever thought that your spirit doesn't properly recognize the things of this world and therefore you don't know when to stop? So do you ever struggle to feel like you don't have enough? I think, I think we'd all have to say yes. You know, in terms of, of sleep, I think that particularly when you're a parent of young children, you can get obsessed with sleep. I never feel like I have enough sleep. I always feel like I'm tired. I crave sleep. I find ways that I can get more sleep. Maybe if I go to bed earlier. Maybe if I put my kids to bed at this time, they'll sleep till this time. You can have all the formulas and you can become consumed by this idea of sleep. But when is there enough sleep? I don't know. Maybe someone can tell me because at the moment there's not much. When is there enough money? You can work and you can work and you can work and you can talk to millionaires and billionaires. Do they have enough money? Have they stopped? When is there enough money? When is there enough social standing? When are you popular enough? When have you got enough followers on YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is? When have you got enough holidays? Do we not always, when's the next holiday? I'm moving to, when's the next, you know, time off? I need more time off. I'm just exhausted. Perhaps it's not so much not having enough, but perhaps for you the struggle is not being enough. Perhaps you feel like you're not enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not thin enough. You're not strong enough. You're not brave enough. You're not popular enough. Maybe you just don't feel like you're enough. You know, I look back on my life and I've really seen this pattern where I have noted at times that I have sabotaged success. And I think many of you can relate to this. You uh, are aiming towards something and then sort of gets too hard, feels like it's unattainable, so I'll just go over here before I can fail at that. And, I, and I've sabotaged certain points in my life, sabotaged success. And I've been able to reflect more and more and realise how much of that has come down to that I feel like I wasn't enough. That, you know, those things that I feel like well, I can't achieve that because I'm not smart enough or I'm not confident enough or I'm not enough like this person or that person, therefore I just am not going to do it. And can you relate to this? Have you given up on dreams? Have you not chased things because of this? Um, Have you, you know, gone to pursue something but then decided, no, I'm not enough or I can't do that? This idea of not being enough can really stop us in our tracks. The truth is that this world shows us that we'll never have enough and that we will never be enough. And we can see it everywhere. The world tells you, you need more. You need more. 
we are pulled in all sorts of directions. We are chasing after different things that can satisfy our desires and what's going on. We, you know, you just only have to be on Facebook or Instagram long enough where your phone has listened to your conversations and it starts listing all the things that you need more of. <laughs> My phone's going to start telling me probably about different sleep programs and who knows what and holidays and all sorts of things that are going to pop up. The world is constantly, constantly telling us that you need more and and the world wants to feed into this craving and we all have this craving and it's fed into that we need more. And I don't know about you, but when you stop and when you take a moment, you just feel like it's not enough. It just never seems to be enough. I want to tell you a little story, which is actually really quite a sad one. And it's, it's not someone I know personally, but there is a world-renowned theologian and Christian apologist uh, who about six months or so ago passed away. Uh, I can't remember how old he was. He might have been in his 60s or so. Had this massive ministry. Had an international ministry named after him. He'd written books. I've got one of his books in my bookshelf. Um, he had done podcasts of all sorts. He'd, he'd preached and he'd spoken all around the world. And so he passed away. And months later, these revelations came out about this sustained abuse of women that had gone on in his life. And, you know, for me who doesn't even know him, I just felt crushed. And I just, you know, and, and it's not a new story. It's not something we've never heard before. But it just makes you wonder, this guy, even, you know, in a spiritual sense, you would say, had everything. He had, you know, God had used him in amazing ways to teach and preach the word of God and to see people's lives changed. And and I'm not saying it takes away from any of that because God can use all of us, right? When we're broken and when we mess up, he can still use us. But How sad was it that with all of this that he had, that it wasn't enough? That there was something in him that still was chasing after more? Ecclesiastes has some great verses around this. And I just want to read a couple of them to you. Chapter 1, verse 8. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear of hearing. 2 verse 10, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. uh, Verse 22 and 23 of chapter 2, What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labour under the sun? All their days their work is grief and pain Even at night, their minds do not rest. I'm sure many of you can relate to that. Chapter 5, verse 10. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Chapter 6, verse 7. Everyone's toil is for their mouth, and yet their appetite is never satisfied. So it's a pretty bleak picture. It's all right. It's going to get more positive. I want to read this quote. I'm actually going to read you the full quote, which is fascinating. And you might have heard this part of a quote by C.S. Lewis. Creatures are not born with desires 
unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there is such thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there is such thing as water. Men feel sexual desire. Well, there is such a thing as sex. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care, on the one hand, never to despise or be unthankful for these earthly blessings, and on the other, never to mistake them for the something else of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or mirage. I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country, which I shall not find till after death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press on to that country and to help others do the same. I love that. I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country. We are not made for this this earth and the sin that has taken over this earth. We are made for the kingdom of God. So what is the answer to this insatiable desire for more? Apostle Paul talks about uh, in 2 Corinthians the thorn in his side. I don't know if you remember reading this. And he talks about this thorn in his side and he's despairing of it and praying for God to take it away. But he gets to this point where he's able to say these words. My grace is enough, meaning this is God speaking to him. My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. And Paul says, once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size. Abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. And I want to ask you, what is the thorn in your side? What is the thing that feels like it cripples you, that stops you from being able to rest in Christ and truly understand that he is enough? To stop striving for more of something and to let him be enough. Philippians 4 Uh, is Paul again and he says I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want I can do all this through him who gives me strength what a revelation that Paul has had that even in his weakness, in fact, most of all in his weakness, is when Christ is strongest. He has absolute confidence in the truth of who God is and that 
Christ is enough for him, that his grace is enough no matter what's going on. And let me tell you, if you know anything about Paul's life, if you think your life is hard, you should check out Paul's life because he had all sorts of stuff going on and he wrote a lot of this from prison um, and not even a nice cushy prison like we might have today, like rough, rough stuff going on. And yet he was able to say Christ is enough. So let's just say that we, that we get this that we all get this. We go, okay, Christ is enough. I am absolutely content. When I think of this word contentment, it can conjure up this image of sitting back in a big comfy recliner chair. I've got a crackling fire. I've got a good nana blanket over my legs. Good book, big cup of hot chocolate. That is what I see as contentment. But is that what Paul meant? I think not. So what does being content mean in Paul's context? What's he saying and what would it mean for our lives if we truly believed Christ was enough? What would it take a moment to start to think? What would it mean for my life if I truly understood that Christ was enough? that I didn't need a certain amount of money, that I didn't need certain skills, that I didn't need the right personality, that I didn't need the right looks or the right husband or wife or the right amount of kids or the right job to follow his call. What would it mean? You know, the way I see it, Paul used his contentment to push forward no matter the cost to rely on the Spirit of God. This is not a ticket out. This is not a ticket to sit back and just be comfortable and content. This is actually a key for you stepping forward into what God has for you. It is so important for Christ to be enough because then we can rest in his enoughness and stop focusing on our not enoughness and get on with what he wants us to do. You know, I know the way that I live my life would, even now, as I'm, I'm preaching this to me as well, would look a lot different if I, you know, really, really believed this and more and more let this sink in. If I lived out of this revelation, I'd have less fear. I'd have more confidence. I'd have far less relying on my own strength or lack thereof and more relying on the Spirit's power to work in me. I want to read to you Colossians 2. And I want to encourage you these things. Don't operate on the mindset of this world, the mindset of this world that says more, you need more. Be filled with the fullness of Christ. He is enough. So some verses from Colossians 2. Verse 2 says, I am contending for you that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together in love's fabric. This will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ. For our spiritual wealth is in him, like hidden treasure waiting to be discovered, heaven's wisdom and endless riches of revelation knowledge. That's the sort of wealth that I want. I want you to know this so that no one will come and lead you into error through their persuasive arguments 
and clever words. Beware that no one distracts or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our own completeness is found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. For he is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. As I was praying, even just last night um, for you all, I just felt um, God show me a picture. And he showed me a picture of all of us in this room, frantic. It was like this, this frenetic energy of just trying to clamor at this and clasp for that and grab and chase and busy minds and busy lives of just people trying to get, get more and figure it out ourselves and try to um, come up with solutions for problems ourselves. And it was just this frantic, like crazy sort of busyness energy. And I just felt the Holy Spirit wanted to say, stop, stop, stop. Rest in me. I am enough for you. I am enough for you. You know, in my mid-twenties, I was single. I lived in Sydney and I was, one of my heart's desires had always been to get married and to have kids. And I was single and you know, now I go, that was young. But at the time, I just, it felt like, when is this going to happen, God? I'm just on my own and this is my heart's desire. And I felt really challenged to come to a point of saying, if this never happens for me, are you enough, God? If I never get married and I never have children, are you enough? And I meant it. I'm, I, you know, I took this question really seriously. And, and I just I got to a point where I was like, God, you have to be enough. You have to be enough. And you are. You are enough. I'm not saying I won't be devastated or I won't struggle with this. But if this is it, if this is what you have for me, you are enough. And the reason I tell you that story is because I actually, I really feel like some of you have got some big things in your life, some deep desires. And I want to challenge you, or I don't personally want to challenge you. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to challenge you. Can you lay that down? Can you actually put it at the feet of Jesus? And can you say, you are enough? If this never happens, if I never get married, if I never have kids, if I never get that job opportunity, if I never get to live there or have that relationship, if I never get into that uni course, if this deepest desire in my heart doesn't happen, are you enough? 
because he is. You know, some of you haven't even accepted Christ as your Lord and Saviour and so you're, you know, you're like, what does this mean? But what I'm telling you is that everything you need is found in Christ. Everything you need. I want to encourage you this morning as the, the music team are going to come and we are going to have some time singing, singing about Jesus, singing about what he's done for us. I just really, yeah, I want to encourage and challenge you to just take that message, to stop, to pause, to consider where you're going in life, to consider what might be distracting you and pulling you away and to come back to Christ, to come to the feet of Jesus, to lay down everything that's getting in the way, to lay down even your deepest desires and trust him with them because he is so trustworthy and he is all that you need. So why don't you stand, let's pray together and then we're going to sing. Jesus, I thank you that you are all we need, that nothing else in this world can fill or satisfy those desires that we have. Lord, there might be temporary things, but God, I just pray right now we can lay down the things that we chase after and strive after, God, and just rest in you and rest in that revelation that you are enough for us. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.